Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Welcome, everyone. As we continue our Lenten journey, I am sitting down with Janet Mortensen to talk about her faith journey. Janet is the Director of Pastoral Care here at Bethany and just a wonderful, calming presence in every sense of that word. We are so lucky to have her as part of the staff. Uh, and her story, it was so fun to talk with Janet because as you'll hear, uh, she and I have a lot in common in terms of our stories growing up and the ways that, uh, just, just some funny parallels. But I really enjoyed this conversation with her. I hope you do too. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please feel free to leave us a review on the Apple iTunes store. That's a great way to help other people find the podcast. And as people are making their way through this Lenten journey, feel free to share this podcast with them. It's really easy to just text the link to a family or a friend and say, hey, I think you might enjoy this. We really hope that other people uh, can appreciate and get something out of these weekly podcasts that we record to, again, just help people in their daily walk of faith. But now uh, here is a recording of a conversation between Janet Mortensen and myself about Janet's faith journey. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome. I am sitting down now with the Director of Pastoral Care here at Bethany, Janet Mortensen. Hi, Janet. Hi, Nate. Thanks for agreeing to do this. Uh, This is part of this continual Lenten series. It's been fun to sit down with members of the Bethany staff and interview them about their faith journey. What's really neat, sitting with Janet here today, is it's her birthday. It is. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> Happy birthday, Janet. Out. Thanks for being here. And Janet and I have so many similarities in parts of our faith story. I don't want to spoil it yet. I'm just going to turn it over to you now, Janet. Tell us about, you know, growing up, just kind of where you've been, and uh, I'll, I'll jump in with questions as we move along. Go ahead. Sounds great. So I was born in a small town in northern Minnesota called Aurora. And my dad is a retired Lutheran pastor. He was my pastor my whole life Mm. until I went to college. And we were raised in the Lutheran church, was involved in a lot of activities within the church, always enjoyed it, had a great time with my family. So were you at, was it smaller congregations? Smaller congregations. My dad was always the only pastor. Sure. Um, He really served two in my lifetime. Just two? Just two. So it wasn't a typical uh, pastor's kid where I moved around all the Mm -hmm. time. So the one in northern Minnesota, and then we moved to southern Wisconsin when I was in first grade, and that was where he stayed until he retired. Wow. So it was a long time. And so with smaller churches, the pastor's family often gets thrown into a lot of details and work. Did Did you have to... Stuff bulletins and um, clean out the pews. I don't remember doing that, but what okay. I did get thrown into was being the organist, even if I I did not know how to play the organ. <laughs> no way. You could play piano. I played the piano, and they needed an organist, so I was the halftime organist, and there were some interesting moments. Wow. And I've said to Rick, no, I will not play here. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Wow, did your uh, you have an older sister and a younger brother? Did they also get thrown in in different ways? They did in different ways. They did a lot. We all did a lot of things with youth group. My sister was a great cook and baker, and so she did a lot of Easter breakfast, mm. um, all the all those 
types of things. So, so with that too, right? Like it's so interesting. And you know, one of the things I'm worried about is my kids grow up as pastors, kids in the church is just the different ways that children can react to that. And so I constantly try and pitch it as like, this is really special. This is what our family does. Isn't mm-hmm. it neat that we get to help people in these ways? Um, was that, especially thinking about your experience, but also feel free to speak for your sister and your brother a little bit as well. Do you think that they harbored any resentment towards always having to be at church for this, that, and the other thing? I think my sister and I overall enjoyed being there and did not feel as thrown into it. I think it's a, it was harder for my brother, particularly in a small town sure. as well as a small parish. There's a lot of um, looking at pastor's yeah. kids and judgment towards pastor's sure. kids. And it seemed to bother him more than it bothered my sister and I. Did he also maybe misbehave a little more than your sister and you? Um, maybe. <laughs> he might not be listening. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that. That Yeah, the added pressure. Especially, I feel like that's changed a little bit over time. But, um, you know, I felt that growing up for sure uh-huh. that there was all these expectations on me because my dad's a pastor as well um, when we were growing up in the church and just the ways that that played out. It's really interesting. Um, but uh, thinking back on it, as you can, with what it was like, you know, just in those days, this is what your family did. You were there every Sunday uh-huh. Uh-huh. and faith was you probably would have said it was important. I mean, how would you have kind of described it in those elementary high school years? I would say it was definitely important, and yes, my dad was a pastor, but my mom was a very faith-filled person, mm. so it was e- equally important to her. So it was just a big part of our growing up. I will say my dad, on certain occasions, would be, if, if it was post-prom mm-hmm. or uh, something else, he's like, you don't have to go to church. I want you to go to church because you want to go to church. So it wasn't something that we absolutely had to go every Sunday, except it didn't really please my mom if we didn't go to church. So people often thought it was the, would be the other way around, uh-huh. but I would say not. Interesting. Um, I think so it would was, have been the same in my family yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. then I know um, you went to summer camp. Yes. So summer camp was a pivotal experience for me. I went to um, Lutherdale Bible mm-hmm. Camp in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. And I had an amazing week. I also just like caught that sense of the reality of, of Jesus. And I felt mm. it not just in my head, but I just felt it in my heart. It just became so real for me at camp. And I knew it. I just knew what an important time that was for me. And I knew I wanted to go back and go to camp for as many years as I could go yeah. to camp. And I wanted to work at camp. Yeah, it's important. so funny. I had the absolute same experience as well. And I think, I wonder too, if for people like us, you know, the the church life and the life of faith was just such a given, right? It's mm-hmm. just what we did every Sunday. I couldn't even imagine anything else. Right. And so it, I had a connection to it, but not on a... Not on a deep, you know, soul level, I would say, just because it was like, this is just what we do, right? You know, it's like putting on my shoes. Didn't think a lot about it. And then going to camp, kind of being outside of the church where my dad was the pastor at or the church that my family was always at and having just other people talk to me about it. Yeah, made some deeper inroads. It did. And I wasn't really the pastor's kid there. Right. There were some kids from my congregation there 
but I was one of many kids, so mm-hmm. it felt different in a sense, too. Yeah, that's a really good... Yeah, there's just something... For me, there was probably a little bit of resentment because I liked the attention of being the pastor's kid, too. Um, but my dad was a pastor of our church, and then we moved. He took a job with the Synod, so he was not my pastor for a large period of time. And I know that was a really hard transition for me. And I would, my mom tells me that I would always... You know, like be telling the Sunday school teacher, like, well, my dad's a pastor, you know, and I wanted that recognition that I no longer had that extra shine. Um, but yeah, I think it is a good thing as well for just having the chance to be a person. Yes. Without all the expectations and everything else that gets attached to it. I agree. Well then, so yes, camp, this big pivotal experience kind of making Jesus something more real. I like the distinction you made between head and heart. Um, talk to me now though. I mean, oftentimes when we leave high school, leave the family nest, that can kind of change. Tell me about your college experience. So I went to St. Olaf College. Great college. I went there too. (laughs) (laughs) So a Lutheran college had a lot of Lutheran friends and really was involved. We did chapel, Mm -hmm. you know, was involved with all of that. It was all good. And when I finished school with my nursing degree, I went to live in Rochester, Minnesota. Were you at the Mayo Clinic? Yes. Okay, great. I was. And that is where I would say I entered not really a period of questioning my faith, but of not feeling connected sure. to a church. Hmm. There was a church there that I attended, and I knew the pastor through my roommate. But the church didn't feel like home to me, like I belonged there. And I just couldn't make a connection. I felt, I will say, uh, kind of obligated to go to the church where I knew the pastor. Mm. And so felt uncomfortable going. I still participated in some things like vacation Bible school and Sunday school teaching. But it just didn't feel the same. Like it was more of a, felt like I had to do instead of a want to do. And I'm sure, you know, having such familiarity, your dad was always your pastor. It was a really big transition after my, up till 18. And then really I came home Mm -hmm. and he was my pastor again Mm -hmm. (laughs) over breaks and whatever. So it felt really different and hard to connect. Did you notice any of that in college? I did not. And I think it's because when I go to chapel, Chapel is so very different from a traditional church sure. service. Mm-hmm. That chapel was more fun, and my mm-hmm. group of friends went to chapel. Not every day, but it was know, just often there. It yeah. was there. And so I did not have that sense. Gotcha. That makes sense, too. Yeah, just because it's a, it's a totally different environment, you know, mm-hmm. and then getting back into more real life, real world. Yes. Yeah, it yes. probably when it becomes more noticeable. Okay, and then somewhere along the way, this is where you met your husband Jim as well, right? I did. I met him in Rochester. Okay. And then we ended up moving here uh, to Colorado, and I went about the business of finding a church Mm -hmm. here. So I went to a lot of different Lutheran churches. My first day that I visited Bethany was uh, Pastor Swenson's last day. Oh, wow. And so I kind of said, oh, I don't, I have no connections here. Yeah. Not going to get involved in that process. So I joined um, Augustana Lutheran Church and went there and enjoyed Augustana. Um, now tell me, it's really interesting having come from small town Wisconsin, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and um, attending small churches your whole life, that you, the two churches you explored right away were the really big ones. Bethany and Augustana are still to this day two of the bigger ones in the area. They are. I did look at some other small ones okay. as well, but something called me to Augustana, I hmm. think, or Bethany. I, I liked Bethany as well. It's just the transition period. I think I liked that it was completely different. Hmm. From what I was used to. That's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. And so then you don't even have to, you don't fall into the like trying to compare it because it's uh-huh. like, no, like this uh-huh. is a totally different kind it, of church it, than it that one. It feels really different. And and the one thing I do know about churches, even if you are at a, if you attend a small church, if you do nothing but attend, your connection is different than getting involved. Mm-hmm. And that's how you make a large church feel smaller. Yeah. Is by becoming involved in some way. Well so said. I knew I could get involved and it would feel smaller to me. Yeah. So you went to Augustana and then I think I remember you saying that once your kids were born, you came back to Bethany. I did. Because at I that really, time Augustana didn't have as much youth program. They didn't. And yeah. I really wanted um, my kids to feel connected and have um, make friends here. And so then I came back um, to Bethany and... I've been a member of Bethany since 97. Wow. And been a part of all sorts of different things to make the big church feel smaller. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) But you are now, as we said in the beginning, director of pastoral care. Kind of talk to us about how that came about. Because that's not, you came here just as a member. I did. I came as a member. I was, I took some time off from being a nurse and stayed home with my kids and was working part-time for the school district as a tutor. And I came to church one Sunday, and I opened up my bulletin and was reading the um, kind of the announcements. And there was a position open at that time. It was the director of health and wellness, and it talked about the job description and my it could have involved my nursing degree and bring my faith together with it. And I just like actually my heart kind of raced. Like mm. oh my goodness, this. And I shut my bulletin. That right never happens with church announcements. That makes <laughs> <laughs> so I shut my bulletin went, no, no. I rarely brought my bulletin home. Uh-huh. I brought my bulletin home. It sat on my desk in the kitchen. And I'd walk by and I'd open it up and look at it again. Oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. What do you think? Why do you think you didn't want to do it? Well, it was more hours okay. than what I was working for the school district. And the, the convenience of the school district being off, it was the same school district as my kids. Sure. So I was off whenever they were mm-hmm. off. And I thought, do I want to do that? Do I want to be working when they're not in school? And how do I work that out? Um, thankfully, they were older. I think Abby was maybe 10 or 11. Okay. So yeah, they yeah. were older. Um, but I kept going back to it and just felt called to apply. Mm. And I did. And here I am almost. 11 years later. Wow. So it was originally director of health and wellness. Mm-hmm. What, tell us a little bit, because now you're director of pastoral care, and that's taken on some additional responsibilities. What, what was the difference between those two? I would say there were my, there's minor differences, really. The health cabinet at the time had developed the job description mm. for director of health and wellness. I think the, there was confusion over what does a director of health and wellness do, whereas a director of pastoral care just seems more Mm -hmm. direct, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that brought about the change more than 
than actual position changes. Although oh, I have, I've increased hours mm-hmm. as the, you know, the position has kind of grown. Um, but you've been kind of doing the same types of things all along. I have. And so for those who don't know, um, Janet makes things happen around here, and I can't imagine having a church this size without a Janet. Because, um, <laughs> you know, making sure that we are in touch with all those people who are going in for surgery, who are sick, who are in the hospital. Janet's the one who organizes that, who makes many of the visits, and then who also helps lead our Monday meetings when we kind of check in on all this stuff with updates and everything else. And just so essential at my previous church, which was probably around the size of the one you grew up in, uh, in rural Wisconsin, I just had like a spreadsheet of my own where I had to keep track of that. I'm like, all right, like I'm the only pastor here and I visited this person a month ago. I probably shouldn't eat, you know, on all of it and was not very good at the organization. So I'm so grateful for everything you do, Janet. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. It's, it's a, it's a great position. I love, loved getting to know the people of Bethany and that they invite you in to yeah. their lives and what is going on in, in their lives and it, it's wonderful. So were your, I got to think that your parents were super excited when you got this position. My parents were so excited. In fact, when I was installed, it was a very short little uh, uh, ceremony. Uh-huh. My parents flew out and came to the ceremony because of course they were going to be there. And I, I will say my dad has been a great support in this mm. as well. Um, he has answered, helped me answer questions, give support, been my sounding board to call him and ask him things about what should I do about this? And he's a very calm uh, man and has always been a great support with this role. And that's probably, that's just such a neat new, um, you know, new uh, part of your relationship with him, I'm sure, right? Like to have that concern. I know for me personally, like when I became a pastor, it was really neat to then start to have those conversations with my dad. Yes. I, I remember after a really crazy event happened at a funeral that I was leading, I got in the car and called him right away. And it's like, hey, this just happened. What would you do? <laughs> Dor- everything was fine. It was just a very, yeah, that, that's a story for another podcast. Um, but it's, it's a neat to have that, you know, like now kind of as colleagues. Yes. You know, changing that parent-child relationship in some ways. It is. And one thing that I have enjoyed in his retirement he became involved in his church in different ways. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he has done is he has led a what well, we have our caring visitors who yeah. bring communion to people who can't make it to Bethany. My dad start had started the program at his church and so still has three people he visits. Um, there are a couple that he's older than they are yeah. <laughs> at this point. Um, but he invited me to go with him when I happened to be home. Oh, that's for a visit. so cool. So yeah. he and I went and visited and gave communion together. It was really a special visit for me. Yeah. Oh, that's really neat. To see how he did it. Absolutely. Cuz those are things you never saw him do, right? No, like even no, all growing up, obviously. Hospital visits, I do remember going with him, but we sat down in the waiting area while he went up to a room because Madison was about 45 minutes away, and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the people who got sick and were in the hospital. Sure. So we go up there to do some shopping or, you know, do something. Yeah. And so then he would coordinate it with a visit, so we would all sit in the lobby while he went up to do his pastoral visit. <laughs> wow. Great memories. That's 
That's really funny. Makes total sense, though, too, yeah. Well, so one of the things, in your role as Director of Pastoral Care, you do so much work of just providing a caring and calm presence for people and, and bringing, you know, this element of faith into difficult situations for people mm-hmm. in various ways. Have you, I mean, how do you think that developed within you, the ability to do that? That's a really unique skill set. Um, and I'm just wondering if you can think of times along the way when you experienced that type of caring from someone else or how you think you learned and developed that. I do think part of that came from doing a nursing program within a Lutheran school. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So one of my instructors, several, a few of my instructors talked about faith and nursing and you have to kind of watch the line. Some people are comfortable with that yeah. as patients and some are not. But we were encouraged that if people seemed open to it, to ask them, do you, and if you were comfortable, ask them if they wanted to pray wow. together. And I remember I worked for a while. Um, I did an internship at Hennepin County Medical Center, yeah. which um, you know has a wide variety of Absolutely. clients in Minneapolis. I had a Middle Eastern woman who was very uncomfortable with the male physicians that were there Mm. because of her faith. And she and I had a huge discussion and I really went and talked to the nurse manager and I also talked to the resident and just really let them know her discomfort and if there was a female physician available to her to respect that reluctance on her part and to respect her religion and she was so very thankful even though it was a different type of religion um, than what I practice and I think that just encouraged me to say okay well that's a huge part of who people are Uh I also think when I interestingly in my small little hometown I have these four friends that I grew up with that we still get together every other year Yeah, and there were such, we were all different faiths, and we would actually talk about it in high school. So one, no was, way. one was Catholic, one was raised Catholic, but then her family went to a more evangelical type church. Uh-huh. One was a Unitarian, uh-huh. and one was a Quaker, and then I was a Lutheran. Wow. And so we had very different faith experiences, and I don't know why, because most kids didn't talk about their faith, but we did. That's so, so I didn't realize we had this commonality as well. I had the same experience growing up with my group of I friends. <laughs> so I had my friend who was a Catholic, my friend who was a Mormon, my friend who was Pentecostal, and then my friend who was just the, his family had no church connection, and then me. The yeah, and every we would like set time at our sleepovers. Like, all right, it's time for it's time for the God talks, and that would just be a part of what we do. That's really funny. And I still I was texting with two of them this morning. You know, like I'm still in touch with a lot yes. of them and it's really funny. Wow, Janet. But I think it really um, <laughs> opened you up to other possibilities. Absolutely. And that is also one thing I do remember my dad saying a lot because I bring questions back from these discussions uh-huh. to him to yep. go, okay, so. <laughs> and he would say, just always remember, Janet, ours cannot be the only way. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that just opens you to other people's thoughts on religion or not thoughts on religion. Yeah, well, and and even, I mean, it's such a good philosophy for a lot of other realms of life Mm -hmm. as well. Just Mm -hmm. like people have different experiences, different ways that they come to this. And maybe the way that you have, you know, 
figured these things out is not exactly the way someone else did. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Well, the piece I want to draw out that I think is really fascinating, um, just in listening to all this, is you talked about um, Bible camp growing up and this this kind of shift from a, a head relation to faith to a heart connection and recognizing the ways that you've been then kind of passing that on to other people in your nursing, right? You even talked about uh-huh. it of like, and, and, and anyone who's been in a medical situation knows that when you get those doctors or nurses who are just only doing it with their head, maybe they're providing accurate care, but there's something missing if they don't have good bedside manner. Like it's the heart connection. And it's really neat how you talked about, you know, that at uh, St. Olaf, they kind of taught you to bring that in, in careful, subtle ways. And then how you continue to do that now of just showing up as the pastoral presence in for people as they're in difficult situations to bring that heart and that care piece to them when they're getting other medical care, whatever else it might be. Um, what a, yeah, what a beautiful testament of your whole life like that, Janet. That's really <laughs> incredible. And just so important, I think, for people to hear too of that. You need both of these pieces. You really do. You really do. You have to have it to heal, to heal yourself. Yeah. Because it's not just recovering from a heart attack Mm -hmm. because you know when something happens to you medically it starts you start questioning other things about yourself Mm -hmm. and about your life and that's important and it can lead those questions can lead to being overwhelmed or just a need to talk about other things and that's good to have that opportunity Absolutely. Well, um, we are so grateful for everything you do here for the people of Bethany. Uh, sincerely. Um, for Also, you all should know, I mean, she's just such an important part of the staff and caring for the staff in different ways. Everyone feels like they can talk to Janet. As you can hear, just a lovely presence. Um, yeah, really appreciate having you in my life, Janet, all that you do here. Thanks well, for being a part of this. I appreciate you as well. I'm glad you're here. And truly, um, this is, I love this position. It shows. It really does. And you, loyal listeners, thank you for taking time to listen to this. Stay in peace, everyone.